0: turn my microphone on. It's good to see you. Welcome. So glad that you're here today, um, that you are part of the worship experience here at the Porch Community Church. Uh, If you are a first-timer, a special welcome to you. We're really glad uh, that you're here. You heard it in the announcement video, but there is, we have what's called our next steps wall that's right out through those doors. Jason, wave your lovely hand. Through those doors, at the end of the service, you can find out all the information that you might want to know about our church. You can get the Cards that are available there on the wall And we would love to know more about you Speaking of first timers, I gotta do this We got some wildcats in the house this morning <laughs> Now listen, I know some of you are Vikings And we got a spattering of Valiants around here But let's be excited that a coach asked some players to come and be in worship this morning And they're here, here how about that? Oh, that's a little bit louder I'm gonna get a picture you guys now you don't have to act act really bored, but I'm shu- I'm sure Coach Rod said something like, "Now nah, y'all better act like gentlemen" or something like that. You know, like he does. But um, let me let me get. Oh, y'all look good. It's good to see you guys. And <laughs> Crenshaw's back there. He's he's a uh, hey Justin. He's behind y'all making faces. I'm glad you guys are here today. Welcome, and I'm glad you're being worshipped. Thank you, Coach, for for being an influence for Jesus in our in our schools. Um. So yeah, I said check out the Next Steps wall. We are in our sixth week of our existence as the Porch Community Church, and my goodness, God has done some pretty amazing things in these six weeks. Can I get an amen to that? Some of you know that's true. We have had over 300 people partner in ministry with us, which you might know better if you're you know, connected to the church or know the churchy terms as joining, but we say partnering in ministry here. We've had over 300 people do that. Um, We have had uh, two baptisms so far by profession of faith in our baptismal there. and We've got more coming. This is the best part. We have had people give their lives to Jesus for the very first time in these last six weeks. Is that a good one? And we've had people recommit their lives to Christ. It's been an incredible, incredible time. And we've got, I'm really looking forward. We've got community groups launching after Labor Day. And you also heard that in the video. But next Sunday, right after this service, we're going to have a community groups info lunch. And um, we're going to have this week online. You'll be able to let us know that you're coming. You are not signing your life away. You're not even signing up for a group if you come for the lunch next Sunday. It's just to find out more and to maybe get to know some people who are already committed to lead groups. You might have a desire to lead a group. We want to talk to you. We want to meet you. Our community groups uh, director, Josh Harrell, will be there and and leading us in that. But um, next Sunday after church, August 25th, is our community groups lunch. We're starting a series after Labor Day called uh, Community. Uh, That's a great name for it. And Justin's going to be kicking off that series, talking to us about just just how vitally important it is for us to be in community how vitally important it is to be in community, it's great to come and worship together, it's great to hear all the voices singing and to, to be here and worship but, but there's something about doing life with other people and you get real and you cry sometimes and you laugh a lot and you're honest with each other and you, you say okay God what do you want to teach us and you, and you learn that together there's something very powerful about that we have an incredible student ministry. We've got our porch kids that we're really pouring into that, that we want that to be really powerful ministry. But I'm telling you folks, community groups, especially for those of us out of school, is where we're going to find our faith walk really happening. And so I'm encouraging that. But I'll, I'll tell you this up front just to save you some time, okay? just to save you maybe an, an afternoon of, of, of just your life. Um, if you don't desire... For Maybe your marriage to be Better than it's than you've possibly Ever known or if you don't If you don't want to be more faithful in your finances You know if you don't want to uh, you know Direct your finances in a way that can be Used by God and honor God if you don't If you don't want to be bear, better parents If you don't want to have a godly influence In your schools or in your place of business Or where you work if if you don't want to be A godly employer or teacher or anything Like that and if you don't want to experience the Holy Spirit of God then I'm going to go ahead and tell you to save You time don't get in a community group just don't do it don't even come don't come because some of those things might happen and, and and if that's not what you want then don't be in a community group but if if what if it intrigues you just a little bit if if the idea of saying you know what you know maybe we could maybe as as spouses we could we could be more intentional with each other in our spiritual lives you know, it maybe if you think, you know, I, I own a business, and how can I be an influence for for the people that work for me? You know, if that's something that you go, okay, you know, how can I how can I be a, a student that has a godly influence in my campus where I am? How you know, if that's something you go, well, maybe that's something I could do. You know, if you want to be a, a compassionate teacher, you know, if you if you think maybe that's something you might want to do, then I offer a suggestion to you, and that is. In community groups, when you start walking out your faith with other people, I'm not saying those things automatically happen, but I promise you're going to be encouraged in those ways. And you're going to hear from other people that have failed just like you have, and you're going to walk and be around other people that have said, you know what, I was in that place, but now I've come out of this, and this is what God has shown me. And that's what happens in community groups. That's where that life is. You know, we have a tagline. As our church, we say we're the porch community church, and we say that we're following Jesus for our community. Right? We follow Jesus for our community, and that's what we want to do. We want to follow after Jesus, and why we do that? We want to do that for our community. Um, last week was phenomenal with our Disciple Now weekend. It was huge. Um, my goodness, we had over three hundred and fifty students here worshiping and praising God and hearing the life the life giving message message that Jesus is what students. Uh, Jesus is life I've seen pictures I know many of you said I mean it was just so cool To see all these students Over all these schools In our county Wearing Jesus is life shirts Last Monday to class And to see in, um, My mic's going wonky there A little bit But here's what I want to tell you To top that off In the fifth week Of our existence as a church In our fifth week We had 1200 people In three worship services Last week We had 1,200 people here hearing the gospel proclaimed that Jesus is life. Is that an amen? Okay, whatever. And I say all that to say what a testament to God's plan, to God's decision, to God saying we want to establish, I want to establish this church in our community. I just believe that this is God's um, uh, showing us that, that we're going in... So, we started this series uh, six weeks ago. You just saw the bumper video called HCWT. It means His Church Will Too. You know, there's those bracelets, you know, the What Would Jesus Do bracelets. And somewhere along the way, someone said, I've got an answer to the question. And the question was, and I've seen those bracelets, it was HWLF. He will love first. He would love first. So, what would Jesus do? Well, He would love first. It's kind of like a duh. Duh. But I mean, mean, think about it. What would Jesus do? He would love first, and so we said, "All right, as a church, then we want to do that too." His church will too. So we have been spending the last five weeks, today being the sixth, looking at Scripture and seeing what it was that Jesus did, what what he talked about, what he said, what he spoke, and we said, "Okay, how as a church can we do this corporately? Like as a church, how can we do what Jesus did?" And then also individually. We kind of need to take that in and go, okay, how can we do this as individuals? How can we love? How can we do what Jesus did uh, in that way? And so this is where we've been going. Quick review, just a real quick review of where we've been. The first week we said that Jesus came to make things new, right? He came to make things new, and so as his church, we're going to do that too. Gonna be uh, it's not going to be fruitless it's not going to be a, you don't want to feel like you've gone to a funeral when you've gone to church right it's not about death it's about life so it want to be new so Jesus came to make things new Jesus told stories relevant to his audience Jesus spoke in the language of the people he was talking to and so as his church we're going to do that too okay and he, Jesus brings life right there was fruit there was there was change there was newness with him so Jesus brings life we talked about one week about how Jesus loved sinners and before we got very far into that conversation I made a point of saying and that means you we ain't just talking about somebody else Jesus loved you and so as a church we're going to do that as well and then um, we talked about how Jesus made disciples he pulled people uh, alongside of him and he poured into these people like he did in any other group of people we said okay as as a church we want to do that too and then last week, of course, it was Jesus is life. Today, I want us to, to touch in on this, and it's, it's that Jesus made way for the Holy Spirit. Jesus made way for the Holy Spirit, so as His church, we will too. What does that mean? What does that look like? How does that happen? You know, I, I get it. I know for a lot of folks in here, you've come from different churches, different backgrounds. You know, maybe you haven't been church in a while, and you're kind of coming back or whatever. But I know that when you say Holy Spirit in church, everyone starts going, where is she going to go with this? Like, what's she about to say? Is it going to get weird in here? Holy, the Holy Spirit can kind of make people kind of get kind of fidgety, you know, and I, I understand that. But I want us to look in Scripture and talk about how Jesus made a way for the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to talk about what that looks like. So in John chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, turn to John 16. If not, write this down, remember this as always, I'm going to read a section of scripture here, but I want you to go and read it later. I want you to go and read John 16 later and see what it is that the Holy Spirit is you about this, this message. 16, we find Jesus having like a, a final conversation with his disciples. He's having, he's about to go and give himself up and give his life and he's having one of his fine. I mean, imagine that, like, one of your really good friends is about to leave. Now, maybe you don't completely comprehend that yet, but they're sitting there talking to you, like, listen, I'm about to go. You know, I want you to have this and I want you to have that. I, but Jesus is saying, I'm about to leave. And this is what he says to them in John 16, starting in verse 4. He says, I didn't tell you this earlier. Oh, by the way, I'm reading from the message, which is a paraphrase. Of scripture. Usually when I teach or in my study, I read from the New Living Translation, but I loved the way the message was. So it'll sound a little bit different to you. Read it in your, the version you usually study later, but I want you to hear it from the message. Jesus said, I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day, right? When we're with our friends, we don't have to, there's sometimes we don't have to give instructions because we're with you. So here's, now I am on my way to the one who sent me. Not one of you has asked, where are you going? Now, So he's saying, now, has this ever happened to you before? Like someone tells you some important information and, and they're still talking, but like your mind goes in a different direction. You know, like you start thinking about what, what are they talking about? What do they mean they're leaving? Where are they going? What time are they going to get there? How are they going to? What about me? What am I going to do? Like, and Jesus knows this about them, so he points it out. He's like, none of you have even asked where you're going. I'm going to the one who sent me. Not one of you have asked, where are you going? Instead, he goes, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. Imagine if your best friend came and told you they're about to move out of town. You you know, they're just getting sad. So then he says this. He goes, so let me say it again. Let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you, Jesus says, it's better for you that I leave if I don't leave The friend, or in many versions, it says the advocate. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. So Jesus is saying, if I leave, the Holy Spirit will come. Now, I just need to explain this for a second, all right? Well, Well, let's jump down. Let me finish the passage. Jump down to verse 12. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. Can't you just see Jesus saying, but you can't handle the truth, right? Uh, yeah, But when the friend comes, the advocate, the spirit of the truth He will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is See, Jesus had said a lot of things Jesus had done a lot of things Jesus had um, done miracles and, and, and shared teaching And, and his very best friends de- didn't even completely understand it And he's admitting this to me. He goes, listen, there's some stuff you don't get, but the Holy Spirit's going to come, and then you're going to start to understand. Most important part. He says, he will honor me. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. He will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That's why I said he takes me and delivers to you. And the reason he said that is because all of Jesus' ministry, he was saying, I have come, I am the Son, I am with the Father. He was coming to say, I am the Son of God. I'm the promised Messiah. I'm the one you've been looking for. There's Father, and now there's Son in human form. And now he's saying, when I leave, there's going to be someone else connected to me and God, and that is the Holy Spirit. Now, now if you've been here much at all any of the four or five weeks you know that we've been in existence you've heard me say this and this is the most important thing I'll probably ever say in any message I ever give because it's what it's all it all it is pivotal it all hangs here and it's that we have a god who is holy and good there's there's nothing in him of of darkness there's nothing in him that is that that is false He is holy and good. And then we have us, humanity. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't consider myself one of the best of humanity. But you know some people, right? Like sweet grannies and people that are really nice and people that are real compassionate and kind right? You know those people? But I'm going to tell you, even those people, like the best of the best, the people that memorize scripture, and they never miss church, and they pay all their taxes, and they've never said a curse word in their life, and, and they return their shopping cart to the little shopping cart thing, they're not heathens, and leave it rolling around in the parking lot, like those really good kind of people, right? There's God and those people, but even as good as those people are, on their own, on their own merit, in all their own actions, in all their own deeds, They cannot get close to God because God is holy, and apart from God, we are not. And so Jesus came to bridge that gap. Jesus came to bridge the gap between God and us. Even for the heathens that leave their shopping carts rolling around in the parking lot. Jesus came to bridge that gap. That was his whole purpose. That was his whole ministry was to come and say, listen, there is a mighty God, and He loves you deeply, but because of the sin in your life, because of the bad choices you've made, because you've consistently chosen yourself and your flesh over and over again, you can't be close to God, but I'm here to pay for those sins, to pay for those mistakes, to pay for that heartache. I'm going to give myself up in the human form. I'm going to break my body and shed my blood for your sin, and so now you can be connected to God. And that's what Jesus came to do. That's why Jesus had to come in the form of a man because he had to come and take on the sins of the world in humanity's form. So here's where it gets kind of, I don't know, to try and explain the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit is kind of hard. I'm not smart enough to really explain it, much less understand it. But I know this. Jesus was limited while he walked on the earth. Was he perfect? Yes. Could he could he do miracles? Yes. But he was limited because he was in human form. Jesus couldn't be everywhere at all times. Jesus couldn't blink his eyes and be... Now, he could have if he wanted to, but he chose to come in the restricted body of humanity so that he could relate to us, so he could speak to us, because he could show us that it's possible to live a life that honors God and so he's here in the human form so he can't be everywhere at all times but Jesus has just equipped his disciples to go out and make disciples of the whole world to go and take the message of Jesus bridging the gap between God and man he says I want you to go and tell everyone about this and these disciples were, gonna help, were going to need help because they were going to all different corners of the earth eventually so Jesus said I'm going to go and when I leave, another's coming, the friend, the advocate, the Holy Spirit of God. And here's the deal, folks. All who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, have the Holy Spirit of God take up residence inside of them. Now, now that doesn't mean automatically you're perfect and you make no mistakes and you don't do that. But but I'm telling you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know what happens. You know what happens. You're you're in a you're you're in a you know you're in a conversation with someone and you're angry, you're upset. And you can feel like your temperature going up, right? You can feel like you're starting to tense up a little bit. And and in your mind, you're thinking, and you're going, okay, I'm I'm, I'm, follow, I'm trying to follow Jesus here. And you're going, you know what? But I really, I'm about, I want to say what I'm about to say. And Holy Spirit says, no, don't say that. And you say, hush up, Holy Spirit. And then you say it anyway. You know what I'm talking about? Ever happened to you? See, the Holy Spirit's there. We have free will, people. We can decide if we want to, Do and and go in the direction the Holy Spirit tells us, or if we want to tell the Holy Spirit to hush up. It's just the way it is. But the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit empowers people who follow after Jesus. You know it. There's been times God's put someone, the Holy Spirit of God has put a, a name on your heart to call someone, to text someone, to go see someone, to do something. And you hear from that person, they're like, How did you know? How did you know I needed to hear from you? How did you know I needed that encouragement? How did you know? It's the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God worked inside the disciples of Jesus when he sent them out to go and do things and say things that a couple of years before they never would have thought they would do. They thought they were going to be fishermen the rest of their lives. They thought they were going to be tax collectors working for the government the rest of their lives. But Jesus took a special group of people, poured into them, and then sent them out. And by the Holy Spirit of God... In 2019, we're sitting in a church in Valdosta, Georgia, talking about Jesus because the Holy Spirit worked inside of those people as they went out. And that message carried on and on and on and on. And here we are. So the Holy Spirit. So so Jesus made way for the Holy Spirit. He made a way. He knew that, he was, that the, his disciples, was those followed after him, were going to need the Holy Spirit of God. Because, listen, on our own, in our flesh, we're going to mess up. We need the Holy Spirit of God. Have you ever read a passage of Scripture? And you were like, okay, yeah, that's good. That's really good. You take some notes. You write some notes. Maybe, maybe a couple months or maybe a year, whatever later, you read that passage again and you hear something completely different that's also good and also helpful and also answers something maybe you were dealing with, folks, that's the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, how, only the Holy Spirit can take the same words in the same sentence in the same structure of the sentence and it mean two totally different things and inspire you with God. That's the Holy Spirit. So Jesus made way for the Holy Spirit. So then how do we do that as a church? If we know Jesus did this, how in the world do we do this as a church? And how do we do it as individuals? Well, I want to offer you a couple of suggestions. How do we do this? How do we make way? The first thing is this, and I've already kind of, I think, pleaded my case in this regard. And that is that we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit is real. We need to recognize this. Because, listen, I, I know for a lot of people, we're cool talking about God... Cool talking about. A lot of people are cool talking about God, just a God or God, you know, the Maker of the heavens and earth. Then there's a lot of us, and we're like, yeah, Jesus, because He bridged the gap. Thank you, Jesus. You paid for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to live in that life anymore, separated from you. Thank you, Jesus. But then we say, and then the Holy Spirit, people go, oh, what do you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? We need to recognize that the Holy Spirit of God is real. In Scripture, we see God working through the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to have these on the screen, but I incur, I'm going to give you the, the the book and the chapter for you to go read later. But in Nehemiah chapter two, we see this. We see the Holy Spirit. Nehemiah was a guy that 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 uh, there was some walls in Jerusalem that were torn down, and that first he felt that he said that it was put into his heart to go and rebuild those walls. He didn't say the Lord spoke to him. He didn't say an angel from the Lord appeared, but there was something in his heart. He said, God, put it in my heart to go and rebuild these walls. In Acts chapter 17, when Paul came to Athens, not Georgia, this is another place, and Paul came to Athens, and this is what he said. He said his spirit was provoked within him. His spirit was provoked within him because he saw all the idolatry there was in Athens. So maybe it is Athens, Georgia, I don't know. He said he was provoked. And what Paul did, uh, he evidently, he, he took this as a direction to stay there for a period of time and preach the gospel. Before, he would just go into a town, preach the gospel once, help set up a church and go. But he felt like he needed to stay there. He felt provoked in his spirit to do this. Later on in, in Paul's ministry, in Romans chapter 15, he would he identified this holy ambition that God had, had put in his heart to preach Christ only to the places where Jesus had never been preached before. Again, the angel of the Lord didn't appear like that. He felt it in his heart. He felt this holy ambition, this provocation, all this right there. So throughout our lives, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've probably experienced these kind of holy provocations, these, these things placed on your heart, these things put into your heart. And maybe you thought it was a good idea. And and, and hopefully it was. But I'm telling you, if you're a follower of Jesus, God works in this way by the Holy Spirit. If he ever laid out the full plan for us and ever told us exactly what was coming up, I think we would either laugh in his face or we would run scared. But God puts things in our hearts and says, trust me in this. Go in this. You don't know the whole story, but go. Go. I think about that in my life. I think about how God told me to, the Holy Spirit of God in reading in Numbers. Numbers. The Holy Spirit of God said, Go to Valdosta, Georgia. Why? Why? Well, now I know why. The Holy Spirit of God told me I was going to marry Drew Patterson. Not lying. And then I waited for three months for the Holy Spirit to tell Drew Patterson. I'm telling you, I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I heard Drew Patterson. I said, what? I'm not kidding. I'm not lying. Drew Patterson. I went to sleep. Woke up the next morning. What was that? Drew Patterson. Whoa, okay. It's weird. Holy Spirit put that in my heart. Holy Spirit told me to buy a house that I didn't even, didn't know who lived there, wasn't even for sale. Driving down the road, going to look at another house. What about that house? What? Keep driving. Hush up, Holy Spirit. I'm going over here. There's no, next day, for sale by owner, in the yard. (whistles) Buy the house. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit does these things. You know, the Holy Spirit stirs up, sometimes it's excited, stirring, sometimes it's, it's scared, stirring that provocation, that holy ambition, that holy discontent. Sometimes you're afraid to even uh, say the words because you're you're so afraid. You feel so unequipped. You feel feel like no way. This must have been some cross cross connection here. That was that message was not intended for me. You know. I think about that several years ago God started to stir up within me a holy discontent and I didn't know what it meant and I didn't know why because things were going really good and and I didn't understand God why do I have this holy discontent within me And the only thing I knew kind of was was that to, I just was going to focus in on on the ministry God had given to me to be faithful to what he had given me and yeah there's this holy discontent but I'm not sure what it means so I'm just going to be faithful to where I'm planted Listen, if you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell you to do something right now, the first thing I'll tell you to do is remain faithful where you are. Remain faithful where you are. Don't chunk it. Don't walk off. Don't leave something. Be faithful where you are until God confirms that by His Holy Spirit, through His Word, through His people. Be faithful where you are. So I was like, I'm going to be faithful right here. And then what I noticed is that the holy discontent didn't leave, but, but, but I knew God was working. And then I started to see how how by the Holy Spirit he started to stir up this holy discontent in a few other people and a few other people and I see this happening and, and I think about this and, and I think about okay then, then in God's way and in his time he stirred this up and, and what I began to realize and others began to realize is that, that as the porch in our previous location downtown we were like new wine and an old wineskin skin. And if something didn't change, that that wineskin would burst. And that's never a pretty thing. So I I started to understand that discontent that that the Holy Spirit had worked up within me. And he started to work that in others. And and it became more evident in other people's lives. Listen, how do you know when the Holy Spirit is is speaking to to you and it's not just your unhappiness? or your personal opinion, or your personal likes, or your personal preferences? How do you know? How do you know when the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you because he confirms what he's doing through other people, godly people, through scripture. He will confirm that. If you're feeling like there's something there, but you're not sure, keep being faithful where you are and trust trust, and ask God to reveal that to other people, to confirm that in other people. How does, how does close to half a million dollars get raised in five weeks time with no forewarning none it was like here we go we got five weeks let's, let's do this five weeks time half a million dollars during tax season how does that happen the Holy Spirit of God he stirs up inside of people he stirred up in, inside of people to say I want to be part of this I want to give to this I agree with this I believe this is where God's going I believe this is what God is doing that's how that happens Holy Spirit works in people so Jesus made way for the Holy Spirit and the first thing we need to do is we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit is real the other thing we need to do is we need to give the Holy Spirit permission to work in us okay if you're a follower of Jesus you need to give the Holy Spirit permission to work in you if you think you're just gonna go and, and do whatever you want and say whatever you want and live however you want and make all of the, you know just and not even give a second thought to the things of God and then you're gonna expect the Holy Spirit to, to magically, you know, do something and make your life awesome, it's not gonna happen. We have free will. So the Holy Spirit of God will be present. You invite the Holy Spirit to speak, you invite the Holy Spirit to, to be present with you, and you will start to hear that, but every single time you have to make a choice. Do I tell the Holy Spirit to hush up? Or do I lean in? Tell me more. Show me more. So we need to give the Holy Spirit permission to work in us. And what I mean by that is we need to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. You know, how often do we, you know, open up our Bible and go, Okay, I'm supposed to read my Bible, so I'm going to read something real quick. And then we get done reading, and then we close our Bible because we just read our Bible like you're supposed to do, and we're done. But what if we said, God, by your Holy Spirit, would you show me from your word today what it is that I need to see and hear? Even if I don't like it, even if it hurts a little bit, God, would you reveal it to me? We need to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to correct us. Shannon, don't say it. Shannon, don't say it. Shannon, don't say it. Oh, I want to say hush up. Shannon, don't say it. Oh, okay, I'm not going to say it. Shannon, don't say it. I said it anyway. Oh, I'm sorry, God. Forgive me. The Holy Spirit of God brings conviction. You know what? The Holy Spirit of God, I don't know about you guys, but I'm stubborn. I can be mean. And I don't like to ask for forgiveness. Not from you, jokers. I mean, maybe from God, but not you. Who are you? You know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit of God convicts and humbles and makes me be able to look into the eye of someone and say, I'm sorry, would you please forgive me? That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's Holy Spirit. Now maybe some of you do that naturally. I don't. We need the Holy Spirit of God. We need to give the Holy Spirit permission to work in us. Teach us, correct us, help us understand Scripture. Give us compassion for other people, to reach out to other people. To When we know in our own flesh we would never do those kinds of things, that's what the Holy Spirit does. We allow that, that Holy Spirit of God to show us how to forgive others. If it's not hard enough to ask for forgiveness, whew, forgiving others? jesus made way for the holy spirit and so we need to first recognize that the holy spirit is real and then secondly we need to give holy spirit permission to work in us and then lastly i would say this we need to share what the holy spirit of god is doing in our lives with other people when nothing inspires people more than to hear stories of how god has worked you have one of those stories where you were going about your business, doing your thing, and you felt like maybe you're driving and you're listening to a song on the radio, and Holy Spirit drops someone's, uh, someone's name in your mind, and you're just like, oh yeah. And it was like, I really need to reach out to them. I don't know why, but you do. And then you call that person or you text that person or whatever, go have lunch, and that person looks at you and says, you have no idea how much I needed this. Folks, that's confirmation that the Holy Spirit is working in you. And you tell those stories. Those stories inspire people. Those stories inspire people to go, hang on, why am I not hearing from the Holy Spirit? I know you've already asked that question sitting here this morning. You've wondered, well, I've never heard from the Holy Spirit. the Holy Spirit is real. We need to give the Holy Spirit permission to work in our lives and then we need to share that with other people. Share these stories because the Holy Spirit encourages us. The Holy Spirit enlightens us. The Holy Spirit frees us. Thank you, God. The Holy Spirit of God is present in all who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus made way for him so that we would understand so that we would continue to carry the message forward. The Holy Spirit of God is welcome in this place. May the Holy Spirit of God be welcome in your life. May the Holy Spirit of God be welcome in your heart and in your mind because, let's be honest, that's where the battle is. May the Holy Spirit of God be welcome in our actions and our conversations and in our homes and in our schools and within the community of people that we do life with. May the Holy Spirit of God be welcome and recognized and given run of the place. Because if Jesus made way for the Holy Spirit, then as his church, I want us to do that too. One of the things I love about celebrating how the Holy Spirit of God works is how he builds the church. So I think we have some folks that want to partner in ministry with us today. Are the Adams is here? Hey, come on up folks. So you know over the past many weeks we've had people partner in ministry with us um, and the Adams wanted to do this earlier in the summer but they had to get your whole, you had to get the crew together to be able to do it. So we were all over the place and Looking good guys, looking good. This is Jamie and Rachel and Sullivan and Anna Kate and Jax hanging out in the in the backyard. That's right. But you know, we asked two questions of everybody. We've asked these of all who have partnered in ministry with us. And it's the first one's the really important one, and is are you followers of Jesus Christ? And so with that, will you be present in the life of the church? Will you serve? Will you give of your talents? Will you give of your resources? Will you find ways present in the life of this church and carry the message of Jesus into our community will you do that will you guys gladly welcome the Adams the Adams family (laughs) (laughs) you would think after knowing you that long I would have picked up on the Adams family by now but now everyone wants to snap and sing so Mm -hmm. um wow we celebrate with you guys we love this Wildcats, thanks for being here. I pray the Lord God spoke to you and inspired you today. But I pray that for all of us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the way in which you teach us. Sometimes it doesn't feel good, but we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that that will show us things that we need to see about ourselves that will reveal things in us that that maybe we need to share with other people. God, by your Holy Spirit, would you make your word come alive in us like never before. God, by your Holy Spirit, would you give us boldness to declare that Jesus Christ came to bridge that gap between humanity and God, between you, Father, and that real life, new life, happens in that connection, through that relationship. God, I pray today that we are surrendered people who've said yes to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life, for breaking your body and shedding your blood so that we might have forgiveness. And the Lord, we want to walk into that. We want to celebrate that. We want to rejoice in that. God, now as we turn our hearts to, to worship, to lifting our voices in praise and, and, and just singing out to you, God, would we, we be reminded of, of how you bless us and work in us? God, would you take the, the gifts that are given today, the, the, the offerings that are made today, and Lord, would you use them for your glory, your blessing? Help us, God, to be a church that follows after you for our community and it's in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit we pray these things amen let's stand together